Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 69 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have a fantastic chat with the owner and creator of Clean Cause Beverages, Wes. He is hysterical. This guy is just incredible. He walks us through his recovery journey, which is pretty unbelievable. And he also walks us through how he created Clean Cause, why, and how 50% of his profits, yes, you heard correctly, 50% of his profits go back to helping and aiding people in recovery. He has provided over a thousand sobriety scholarships for people. And all this money is going to predominantly to sober aftercare. So people getting out of jobs, people um, getting out of jail, people, you know, trying to get back on their feet. Wes and his company, Clean Cause, are there to make a difference. They're all about action. And you know, I love some action. So without further ado, Let's get into it. 2020 is just around the corner. Can you believe that? A whole new year, a whole new decade. It's amazing. Now, I also talk to a lot of people day in, day out, from the podcast, social media, coaches, mentors, and I always wonder, what makes you successful? What is the one thing that all these successful people, all these success stories have in common? How do I bridge this gap? Well, I found that the one commonality in all these success stories and all these successful people is a mindset. These successful people have learned to harness and control their mind. And that is exactly what I want to give to you for 2020. I want you to walk into a new year, a new decade, full of power, positivity, confidence, and determination. I want you to make 2020 your best year yet. So put your best foot forward 
and your best mind and head to a sobergirlsguide.com to check out the Mindset Reset program. This is an instant downloadable program where you can start ASAP. Wes, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing fantastic this morning. I guess it's morning. I'm in Arkansas right now of all places, but it's a beautiful day and uh, it's awesome. Doing great. That's so great. I am so excited to talk to you. I mean, I'm a huge fan of clean cause, like huge fan. Peach is my jam, but I am really, really excited to talk about you and your journey and how clean cause even came to be. But before we get into the the good goods, I want to talk about you and how we started your journey. Where, what, like, what was life like before your recovery? How did this all start? Yeah, well, (laughs) it started like 25 years ago. Um, Oh, wow. You know, prior to getting sober over about five and a half years ago, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I say my recovery journey spanned over that 25 years. And it's kind of crazy to say that out loud, you know, especially as I'm turning 42 next week and I'm like, dang, 25 years. I mean, that's a long time to be running out there. And, um, anyhow, so, you know, in terms of the time period, that's, that's about the span, but, you know, over that time I, I tended, you know, I say attended. Like it was like a good thing or something. Five rehabs, um, okay. you know, a psych ward. Um, and like many of us in recovery, I had several near-death experiences, you know, ranging from uh, rolling a car in the hills of Hollywood to taking unknown substances, truly unknown substances in the backwoods of Alabama. And um, I, I mean, it's it really sounds weird to say Hollywood and Alabama in the same sentence. And so, but but that's kind yeah. of that gives you an idea of kind of the variety, if you will, of, of my, mm. uh, my career. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, for, for that period of time, uh, primarily my, my drugs of choice were alcohol and cocaine, and, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I dabbled in a little bit of everything, um, you know, right. but e- it, what's crazy is even with like all the chaos and consequences that, you know, that came, mm-hmm. I somehow stayed alive, A, and, yeah. uh, B, would would find a way to kind of like reset my drug use and and, and by that i mean i you know hmm. i get my shit together just enough uh okay so that i could keep using um but and there's a big okay. but that all stopped when i found opiates um because uh. it it was not one of those that you could even fake manage because it just it just uh consumed me and you know i started probably only two years or, or so before I got sober. So, you know, eight years ago, um, okay. you know, I was popping like a Vicodin a day and then I started popping two and, and within, within two years I was popping 35 Vicodin a day. Um, Whoa. Yeah. It was wild. I was thinking about it the other day. 35? I, 35. It, but what was crazy is I, so I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get 10. I'd throw them okay. in my mouth and chew them up and slam two natural lights. And I'd, I'd wait like five minutes and I'd be like, ah, and I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to go. But I was ready to go nowhere fast. Um, because, you know, during that time too, which is crazy is I had a pretty successful business, um, okay. in, in Austin, Texas. That's where I'm from. And, and it was a weird business. I was selling cupcakes 
um, out of Airstream trailers um, that were polished. Okay. And we built these giant cupcakes and we put them on top and they rotated. And then we put these trailers all over Ew. town and it was wild. I mean, we were selling a lot of cupcakes, but um, we were also doing drugs. And, yeah. and those two things, I mean, cupcakes and drugs are not a good combination. It's just weird. Um, so my point of saying that is, is that, you know, the, we ha I had some good things going on in life it, despite, you know, all of the bullshit. And, um, but again, when I hit opiates, popping one, went to 35 a day, it came crashing quick. Um, got fired wow. from my own business, uh, by the board of directors. I, um, I got kicked out of the house with my, you know, serious girlfriend who was going to be my wife. Um, and, uh, all of my friends and family cut me off for the first time in my life. Like every single one, there was no wow. one to call and be a victim to anymore. Um, right. Are you at the airport? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, that's why no, I was doing, okay. that's why I was doing the weird pause. Um, no, anyhow. Okay. It's authentic. I like it. I like okay. to know that no. you're like on the road and that we're catching you. You know, you're in, you're in it. We're in action. We're in action. I'm yeah. actually going to go fly and, and go work on an, a new project that we can talk about in a little bit, but um, a new project okay. related to the cause. But um, anyway, so, it, so, so all of that went down, getting kicked out of my house, getting cut off mm -hmm. uh, from the business, getting fired from the business. And then, um, just having a little money left and I ended up you know, homeless for a couple, only a couple months. I don't want to make it too overly dramatic, but it was a couple months. I was living in a warehouse, um, homeless office. Homeless. Um, what's that? <laughs> couple, homeless is homeless. Couple of months, couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I just, you know, I don't want to make it too overly dramatic. I mean, I come right. from a family of Richie Rich, to be honest with you. And, okay. um, you know, I had a silver spoon my whole life. Um, and right. you know, not to dog my parents, but you know, enabling is a real thing. And when you're manipulative, totally. you know, like, like some, some of us can be, and you're pretty good at it. Um, you can, you can arrange things the way you want for a certain period of time. Of course we know it's not sustainable, but, um, so mm -hmm. I took advantage of that for sure. And, um, and, and I guess that's my point. So I went kind of from this place of like, you know, getting everything and having opportunities galore to living in a warehouse office with another homeless guy. And, you know, um, mm -hmm. I started smoking crack then too, on top of it. I, you know, I, that's not something I go really deep into a lot. And it's not because I'm not willing to, it's just, you know, that was kind of uh, just to keep things interesting. You know, when the Vicodin was just kind of keeping me from not being sick, I was like, well, let's smoke some crack, you know, when in Rome. Right. Why not? Went, went in the warehouse <laughs> office, smoke crack. So, um, so I, and it's okay. weird, you know, cause I've been in meetings with people and, you know, now yeah. I'm running a business and it's growing and I'm supposed to be professional and I'll be like, yeah, you know, I was popping like, you know, 35 biking in, I, you know, throw in a little crack here and there and the, just to see the faces on the other side yeah. of the table. And then, and it, but it's like normal for other folks in recovery. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, but, right. um, but we're sitting there and my buddy I left, who's not, uh, not in recovery he, he, and he's not an addict or alcoholic. He goes, Hey dude, what do you think about maybe like leaving that crack part out next time? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I go, dude, I understand. I understand for you. And maybe when I'm with you, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll dampen it down. But anyway, it's just yeah. interesting. Um, <laughs> so I, know, I guess we're, we're kind of like desensitized to it because we've go. maybe heard it a lot. We've heard other stories. We, we uh, are. I mean, literally this morning I was at breakfast at a place called the Buttered Biscuit. I don't know why okay. I'm telling you the name. I just liked it. Buttered Biscuit. Anyway, so I go there and um, 
the lady goes, Hey, would you like something to drink? And I said, sure, I'll have this. And she goes, Ooh. And she goes, why do you like that? And, and or, or she said something like, Oh, it makes you feel alive. And immediately I go, nah, not really. I go, not doing drugs makes me feel alive. But I forgot that I hadn't even talked to her. She doesn't know I'm in recovery, nothing. And because yeah. it's just so part of my like life. And she was like, Oh, okay. That's good. And, and then I'm like, Oh, I'm Thank sorry. You. Maybe I should give you a little context. You know, anyway. I, I love I love to talk about it, man, because it's real yeah. and we all know someone struggling. And so it's just Absolutely. It's, it's just become a part of like my stream of consciousness, to be honest with you. And I don't I'm not uncomfortable with it at all. I'm really not. Yeah. And, Me and too. I love and I love that. You know, I love being free that way. Mm-hmm. So free to share how screwed up I was. It. Yeah. Yeah, but the more we talk about it, the more that people are going to understand, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have that knowledge. They're going to have that experience and be like, Oh, that's what it's like. Oh, that's right. what you experience. Like, yeah, dude, like you have to talk about it. Like I wear a sober necklace Yeah, and you know, everyone's asking about it. It's funny. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I wear a clean t-shirt or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, it is, it's a foreign language to folks who haven't experienced it themselves. And it's, it's not right. about being in a club that's exclusive or anything. I mean, I like to say that, you know, that addiction was just my flavor of affliction when it comes mm-hmm. to like being a human, like everybody struggles with something. I cannot relate to a person who struggles with overeating. I can, I can relate to them for binge eating because I love ice cream and candy for like a one hour period of time right before I go to sleep. Not a good idea, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) my, my, my point is, is to speak to your point. It's like, look, we're all struggling with something. Mm -hmm. This one's a little more taboo. And by a little, I mean a lot. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so I I agree with you 100% that talking about it and having candor around it instead of trying to coddle every little thing because because yeah. we, we already know the reality of the damage of this stuff because we see it every day in our lives and our society and everything. So yeah. I love what you're doing and, and getting the word out there and the conversations and the different perspectives. Absolutely. Yes. It's all about perspective and you know, your experience could be different than mine, but kind of the same, you know, yeah. the same, like almost the same sort of feelings are wrapped up in, into it. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah, no, I think it does. Um, I mean, one way I might say it too is that like, you know, the common denominator is that we, we used substances for X, mm. Y, or Z reasons. And the numerator was the type of, of it. It, it. That was variable. Yeah. And so it was a different type or different experience or different trauma or whatever it was. But our common thread, I, you know, I hear you. We're, we're, we're not that unique, to be honest with you. Right. Um, yeah. People don't like to hear that because they're like, what do you mean? I'm like a snowflake. I'm unique like everyone else. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know you are. I'm not saying you're not a special human or you don't have unique talents and gifts. I'm just saying we're not that original when it comes to the yes. reasons, you know, stuff. So, um, no, I don't I know totally where agree. I was going I know it's funny because like, even, you know, how people like to pin men and women against each other. Mm-hmm. We have way more in common than we do d- like different. And yeah. that's just like fact. <laughs> yeah. It's so, but we wild. deal with it in different ways. It's different perspectives, right? It's different ways you deal with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, um, so I want to kind of just go back to your five time rehab stints. Yes. What, what was that like? Why was it five? 
<laughs> well, because like four, hey, because four didn't work. Um, no, okay. you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm careful to say that to some parents and stuff at times because I don't want yeah. to dishearten them. I mean, the the reality is that a I don't think I was ready in quotes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want, I don't want to talk about the metaphorical rock bottom and all that, but w- what I want to say okay. is that, that I was still, I mean, I will talk about that. That's fine. I'm just saying it's, it's that, uh, I mean, I was 19 and, you right. know, I was just start, I was just getting out of high school, going into college and, you know, mm-hmm. you still think you can figure shit out, you know, and it's the consequences haven't, then the consequences haven't piled up enough. You know, um, in that time, yeah. or at least, or at least they they hadn't been that significant, or even like a single event that was out of the norm and just like traumatic. So that's kind of what yeah. I was speaking about. I was like, I was able to manage the unmanageability uh, for X period mm-hmm. of time. But um, but yeah, yeah. So when I look back at them, though, what's what's interesting is I do remember little pieces of things that I heard. Mm-hmm at all of those, even 20 plus years ago, because there would just be that one okay. profound thing that something hit me. And, and so I see how it played into my journey. Okay. Um, gotcha. and so, you know, I, I think it's as much that, you know, of enabling, um, I think that was one of the biggest things in my life, to be honest with you, why I went to so many. And it's just because if you don't have to face consequences, you're not forced to make a new decision. You know, you're yeah. not forced to make your own decision because you can always just choose the path of, you know, of least resistance, which is don't change. So, right. Well, you have a so, safety net. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, my parents did the best with what they were equipped with and, and what their childhood yeah. and their upbringings were. And um, so I, I, I hate to disparage them. And that's not the intention. It's just to talk about the, the role that, you know, financial, but also emotional and psychological, yeah. you know, enabling, um, does it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's this big part of the equation for recovery, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you think it's a fine line though? Like I know I see with my brothers and my parents, I'm just like, oh, enabling. Yes. But I'm also not a parent. So that's um, interesting. So someone told me I was literally talking to some, um, at the airport checking in yesterday. It was, uh, oh, wow. one of, one of the, uh, one of the airline attendants helping him get my ticket. And mm-hmm. I started talking about clean because they saw my logo and we started, you know, talking yeah. about that. Well, they immediately break into how they, they have um, a loved one, you know, and struggling. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and they just start to disclose that and stuff. And what's crazy is, is that, um, I said, here's the deal. I go, I'm going to tell you like what most professionals would probably say. And then I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you what I say. The professionals would say that enabling, you know, can kill them, can, is one of the worst things you can do of all of these things that can be true. Absolutely true. The flip yeah. side is you're the one that will deal with the consequences in, or the out, outcome emotionally. So my point is, yeah. is that I want to give them the license to realize there's what people say, and then there's what's going to affect yeah. you. What can you live with is ultimately what I, right. I encourage people. That's what I break it down to. So I'd say, Hey, Everyone says don't enable them, but you're the one who lives with mm-hmm. that. And so if you can make that decision and you can own that and you're okay with that, then awesome. But yeah. I'm not a big fan of telling people just cut them off no matter what. Like no way. Because right, right, that's right. a, this is yeah. a, lives are at stake. And 
things have changed because one of the greatest gifts of recovery is I have two children now. And mm-hmm. what I tell mm-hmm. people is the, the is, is a good idea or rule or an absolute truth doesn't necessarily apply to myself. Double standard, different right. situation. I can bullshit you. I don't know. All I know is when you have a child, everything changes. The powerlessness yeah. that you finally understand that your parents were so distraught over. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So kind of went all over the place there. That's kind of how my okay. mind works. But, uh, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> chaos. Okay. But, um, so what was the turning point? Like why and how did you decide to get sober? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah, uh, well, mine... I literally remember laying on a concrete floor looking up and I had, uh, you know, I'd taken all my Vicodin I had and, and I smoked a, an exceptional amount of crack. And, okay. and it's just, and, and I, cause I had reached the point literally where it was like, I'm gonna have to go to a needle now or something because I can't even get the effect because it was killing my stomach so bad, like the Tylenol and everything. And, and my, oh. my point is, is like, I was reaching this point even as an addict to understand like that wasn't going to sustain me even staying staying well any longer right and so that's when my the crack was accelerating and i'm like oh i'm getting into a real this is this has gotten real it was real well years ago but it got real for me and i so i was laying there my heart my heart did something i'd never experienced it was like a pause and then a put i mean it was it was just something different and i i you know i got frightened for a moment and it was the first time in my life and and i've said this before places that i um that I honestly thought I was going to die for the first time in my life. And, and not okay. in that moment, 
necessarily, but I was just like, this addiction is going to take my life. It is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's real. Because we think we're invincible a lot of the time out there. And, of course. And, and we're deceived because we're just anesthetized to like, you know, reality and, and, and how mm-hmm. fragile we really are as humans. But um, it was the only, the only time and the first time I owned it for myself. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. Number two okay. was, was that everyone in my family, everyone in my yeah. life, everything had cut me off. It was a unified front. And so what that did is it stripped me. Yeah of a lot of the low hanging fruit and targets for me to go manipulate to, to, mm-hmm. to be aligned with me, to help me stay in my addictions. And so that was, so then after that was removed, it, does that make sense? That yeah. it removed, it removed all of these connections that I would manipulate. They had a unified front. So no one okay. would let me leverage them or manipulate them to keep in my space, you know? And um, right. my point was there is that I, was by myself with the exception of another homeless guy going, now right. it's up to me. Do you want to live or do you want to die, man? No one else to bitch at, no one else to complain or blame. You're sitting there by yourself. What do you want to do? Yeah. And um, it was wow. weird. I, call, I called my wife, I'm higher than all get out. And, and, you know, she had cut me off and wouldn't answer the phone anymore. And it was like, cause there were so mm-hmm. many of the, like, I'll get sober. I promises and stuff like that. And, um, right. And she said, uh, I said, Hey, I, I think I'm going to, and she answered the phone. It was really weird because she cut me off. I said, oh. um, I, I think I'm going to die. And, um, and I go, not tonight, but I think I'm going to die. And, and she said, uh, if you want to get uh, clean, come home right now. And she had done the tough okay. love thing. So it was ironic yeah. that she was breaking right then. And, and yeah. she's a tough, tough woman. And I was like, wait, what? And I like, I loved and hated that she said that in that moment. Because yeah. I just wanted to say, I'll come tomorrow. That was what my, my insides oh. were screaming. So I looked over at my, uh, my other homeless buddy and I said, uh, I said, she's, she's telling me to, she's telling me to come home. Um, and he yeah. said, uh, and he said, go. And, and wow. this is a guy. Yeah. And I still know him today. He's Uncle Frank to me. He's a 65 year old, uh, really big black man. Um, we come yeah. from completely different opposite worlds and, and, you know, that's why I kind of mentioned the black. I'm not racist, everybody out there. I'm just saying <laughs> we come from totally diff- opposite worlds and we were both in the same place. And for him, right. even within the use and in, 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 in the mix of our use and that depths of despair, he told me to go. And I got, yeah. you know, I'll never forget that moment. And, and so like, I'm, I go, then I'm coming home. So I went home and that was uh, the first uh, day of this, you know, this new step, uh, you know, this new, new, more sustained journey in recovery. And um, it's wild. So, you know, I I do want to jump back a little bit because I want to speak Mm -hmm. to anybody out there that could be struggling with this in that, you know, I was suicidal for nine months coming up to this. And I'm talking okay. um, not for empathy or sympathy or cry for help type thing. I was hanging out in a cemetery every single day. Um, I would ball all day. The cemetery, oddly, was the only place I felt safe because I didn't see anybody. I wasn't anything. And it was quiet. And I sat there. Um, you yeah. know, I did some crazy things. Rope around my neck, put it on the tree, pulled it with my hand as tight as I could to see kind of what this was going to be like if I did this. And what was I yeah. in for? And, um, I mean, and I know that's morbid and dark and, but the reality is, is like, I just remember I was so close to stepping off that cliff 
and and yeah. the, the support and empathy I have for folks out there, I just want to tell them like, dude, just hang on, just hang on to any thread of hope you can find, even if it's a little one. Just hang on, and yeah. and just keep going. You can make it. I thought there was zero chance, zero. I said, God, I'm nothing left for me. I I have no chance to have a life, zero chance. And I believe that. And I sat there for nine months. I know the little tree. I go back there every once in a while. And I just sit mm-hmm. there and I just look at it and I go, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that I was almost gone and that I was going to choose to take it. And, 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 my, and I, so I just want to say that for the person out there struggling. You're not alone. You're truly not. I know it's cliche, but, and you can't even hear me probably, but just hear this one thing, one thread, grab one. That's it. Hold, you know? So mm-hmm. I just want to encourage anyone out there like that. So, um, and that's a weird place wow. to be to, to admit that you were suicidal at that level, you know, and, oh, uh, yeah. and that, and, and it's like, oh shit. And so I talk about that with people and, and I say it, you know, yeah. but the reality is, is, is people, uh, in recovery or not are struggling with that ideation at times too. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. So. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Wes, I'm getting all choked up. <laughs> well, it's just. It's wild. Oh. The whole thing's wild. I don't even know. It's, you know, it's, it's a crazy, crazy life experience. And the, the irony, and, and I don't want to go to the punchline or the end is to say that, like, I'm so grateful. Um, other than the people I hurt out there, that's the only regret I have. That's it. Because I found my dream and my purpose. And it's something I've been looking for my whole freaking life. And even when I was a little kid, my favorite question was why? And it's not mm. just because I wanted to rebel. I was probably 50%. Okay, let's be honest. But, <laughs> you know, but 50%, I think, was this um, kind of inherent desire to understand the purpose or, or, you know, just the reason for being, you know? And I still yeah. struggle with that at times today. It's just that existential angst. And I'm using big words that I'm not exactly sure what they mean, but... Um, but at least the audience now knows I know how to use at least one big bird. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't know where that was going. Um, but okay. uh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's great. So okay, I I I come on. I want to kind of bring up to today. Like, how did you find your purpose? I mean, it's it's all nice and it sounds great and neat to package, but like, yeah. How did you actually find your purpose? How did you know what you wanted and made you tick? Yeah. Um, well, I think it kind of came through a process of elimination. So, so okay. what I encourage people to do when it comes to purpose, because you'll hear from like motivational speakers and coaches out there and they're like, we got to find purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your passion right. and your purpose or what your compass of life. And it's like, that's nice. I'm like, there's quite mm-hmm. a few options out there though. Okay. And, uh, is God going to shoot me a text and which one I should roll with or what's going on? <laughs> so, so m- my, my opinion is that you don't focus on what your purpose is per se at the beginning. You just eliminate okay. what you know it is not. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. 
My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Okay. And so I can't tell you exactly what I was supposed to do when I got in recovery the first week, but I can. T- I damn well knew I wasn't supposed to smoke crack. So guess what? Yeah. Crack, smoking crack's not my purpose. Next. So then, out. Yeah, yeah, crack's out. All right? And then we move on. My point is, is we know what we're not supposed to do. So don't mm-hmm. make it an excuse by not knowing what you should do. You know what you're not supposed to do. So don't be lost mm-hmm. in that. And if it's just a process of elimination where you focus, then by default, you're getting closer to your purpose. So, exactly. um, it's, and it's something tangible that our minds can handle, in my opinion, because the alternative is this like, just like super like overarching life question versus let's make it more practical and, and slightly like tactical, you know, to say, I just know that all of these are not good. So I cut these out and by default, I'm moving closer. Um, yes. Okay. So yes. So just start by eliminating what you know you're not supposed to do. That's the first step. Okay. And then next is, um, oh, this was what I was going to say. It's so crazy. So, uh, growing up in a Christian fundamentalist home, my dad one day mm-hmm. came to me and said something kind of weird and, and, and he said, you know, your mom said that she had this feeling in her heart that you, you were going to be a preacher one day. And I was like, yeah. or something along those lines, a pastor or something. I was like, I was so disgusted to hear that in the moment. And, you know, I just, I didn't want anything to do with God most of my life. And, and I was like, get lost. I was like, I can't even believe you're trying to like, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I'm like, get out of here. Who are you? Miss Cleo? You know what I mean? And it was like, but, but when I look back and I'm like, you know what? Um, that he thought that that was part of my purpose or might've been or whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, I've kind of become like a, a, a not a pastor or a preacher, but like, that wasn't aligned with my purpose, his idea. But now being right. an advocate to be out there and speak my truth, it's kind of just, it's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, yeah. but how I found, okay, but now do you like a more, messenger? It's weird. It's, I was like, wait a minute. So am I kind of that? I'm like, what the, anyway, I was like, I didn't want to be that. Damn it. You know, um, <laughs> so what, what happened here? That was a, you know, what happened here? Bait and switch. No, um, yeah. You know, so in terms of like my specific purpose now and what I do or what I would call my North Star is that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I literally, you know, I'd come to a place in my life even towards the opiates and stuff where these, you know, it your 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 joy, so to speak, your superficial joy is mainly physical, right? You're just feeling these highs and stuff and you would feel inspired. So when you strip that out and you're coming off and you're trying to give your body a chance to reacclimate and that takes time. You think you are nothing. 
You think you have nothing. Right. You've, you've removed the fuel that you thought was part of who you were or was a catalyst behind you being creative or whatever the, mm. it, it may be. And, and that's a freaking lie. That's the truth. Totally. And, and it's like, you know, there's musicians who've spoken time and time again about how they were the most creative when they were using and they're able to, and then they quit. And they're like, my right. skills and my creations have become tenfold. So there's a lie right. within that, that, that within drugs or substances that they enable you to tap into this, like, this part of your brain that allows you to, like, become who you're supposed to be, but just not fuck your life up. You know, it's like, right. nah, that doesn't work. Um, for most of yeah, us. Yeah, no, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> I, I, I know I, it's true because I thought that I could not DJ unless I was drunk. Right. Cause I never did it. Yep. <laughs> but like when I did it, like not drunk and I was completely sober, I was so much more controlled. I was so much better. Like it, it was a lie. It was a complete and, utter lie. And the, okay. So I didn't think I could create anymore. I couldn't create. I, I was like, dude, I did this cupcake business just getting high, which would be a good, uh, a, a good potential explanation though. Um, for who would do cupcakes and trailers. And I mean, that's just weird, but my point was I still had joy in creating it. And without the drugs, mm. I was like, dude, I'm nothing. So I found myself in this void of like, uh, okay, I know I'm not supposed to do drugs, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not even sure who I am at all. What, what are my natural right. talents? Do I have gifts? What are they? When you strip 20, 25 years of drug use and alcoholism, what, what am I? And, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in my professional, in the context of my profession, because recovery, you know, the journey is, um, it, it's a, it's, it's longer and it takes time because you grow, right? It's just a day at a time mm -hmm. and you start out at, you know, at the bottom. But with the business and specifically what I was going to do to pay the bills, I was just so lost. So I started by just installing windows. I came from owning this business. I was doing two million bucks a year to installing windows in the summer of Texas heat. And, um, I don't wow. think it was just because I was trying to be like humble. I, I think because like it wasn't a good idea to go in somewhere and say, well, yeah, I started this company and you know it and it failed because I did drugs. You want to hire me? And yeah. they're like, uh, <laughs> no, you're not at the top of our list, brother. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> my, my point yeah. is I was sitting there though one day in a meeting, in a 12-step meeting and I had a spark and it just happened. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, is this real? Is this real? Wait. And I was like, I want to start a company that does good. And I want to do something just that doesn't make sense. And, and, and by that I meant like, so what is it? What can we do? And I just started going. I was like, oh my gosh, let's create a company that does something that's never been done. Let's give away half our profits, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it, it, it literally started rolling that quick. I left that meeting and I called my sister and said, I'm starting a company called Sober. And I'm going to give half of our profits uh, to, to try to, fight and, and combat addiction. Um, and, uh, and, um, so I called my sister and I said, that and I go, it's called sober. And she goes, uh -huh. sober. What? She goes, Wes, I <laughs> love the idea and what you're talking about. But she goes, I, I don't want to walk in, you know, to a gym holding a, a bottle of water called sober. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, okay. And she, and she goes, how about clean? And it was like, oh. ding. and I was like, what? So, you know, I, I like try to think I'm yeah. creative and, branding and smart and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But my sister created the name, you know? So 
I love you, okay. Meredith. You're the best. Um, so, and then I was driving home from that meeting and I was like, clean cause. It, it just came and I was like, what the heck? And then later that day I got on a computer and I made the logo and I sent it to a graphic designer. I go, can you make this logo? I kind of went and he goes, I think you just did. And I was like, what? So I made the logo. Yeah. And then he rounded the corners and it just, and I was like, okay, what are we going to sell? Well, we knew it was water. So we got 50, you know, 50 boxes of bottled water because it was easy to do. Okay. You put water in a bottle and put a label on there. And then so right. we just started selling that out of the back of my truck into stores. And then okay. it just, it just started going. And, and what I found is as it kind of evolved into understand how this would look with this mm -hmm. 50% give back and what the initiative would be and so forth. Um, I started to realize that I just needed to use my voice, my newfound freedom. Um, that begets my freedom by exposing my vulnerabilities. That's how I'm free. Yeah. And, and it catalyzes yeah. more freedom. So the more I say, the more I disclose and not keep behind my eyeballs, the more free I am. And, um, right. and I just found that to be the strength of this deal. So I posted one day on, on Facebook just five years ago or whenever it was. And I said, I'm a drug addict and blah, blah, blah. And I was smoking crap. I just came clean. I did. Yeah. And it was like, and, I, and when I did it, it was out there. And the, the outpouring that came was mind blowing. And I'm kind of getting choked wow. up a little bit. It's, it was mind blowing because people were hitting me offline saying, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Like all of these people. And it was just flooding in. I go, Oh my gosh. And I knew in that moment, I knew I was yeah. all in. I was like, that's all I needed to see. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's when wow. when we knew we were never going to quit, and it's just evolved over time. And obviously, it's not a bottled water now, but I, I won't I won't mm -hmm. go that far on that. What you know? So you know. So why Mate? How did it switch gears? Yeah, yeah. So bottled water is bottled water. It's really easy to do. So that was like the blessing and the curse, right. you know, because anybody can do it. So it's a very competitive space. Um, the other thing is, you know, from an economic standpoint and margins and the way the, the business works, being so competitive, it's hard to, to make it price competitive. So it wasn't a practical product to be able to scale um, across okay. the country and create the kind of funding you need to, like, try to make a dent in supporting recovery efforts, you know? Um, so gotcha. my, my point is, I think of, like, the bottled water line as, like, a, a little grass fire. And, and, yeah. and I wanted a wild one. And so... Okay. Um, you know, this is where I kind of get candid and, you know, some people out there and be like, uh, I don't know about that, but you know, yeah. It, hmm. Look at me being insecure and just trying to qualify everything. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's like my MO, but let me go ahead and just throw myself under the bus first. So you don't do it. And then I'll tell you what I want. Um, okay. Uh, thinking out loud. Sorry. Um, so how oh, did the Yerba Mate come about? So I, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm in recovery, but I still like caffeine and I still like it a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was drinking coffee and Red Bull and mm. anything. You just give it to me. And, mm -hmm. and, and um, you know, I found Yerba Mate and I had found it years before, but didn't really stick for some reason. I don't know if, it, if I couldn't get it places or something, but long story short is it, it just functions better and, and it's, it's better caffeine. That's what I explained it as. It's just better caffeine. Yeah. And so, and the other thing is this. So here's where the, the real talk comes in. I knew that in the beverage business that what sold the best was caffeinated mm -hmm. products. And they sold 
the best because they were addictive. Now, what irony is this? And I'm talking to you about like, (laughs) we're, we're, we're going to try to fight addiction by promoting one. You're damn right. right We are. And here's what we're going to do. We're fighting fire with fire is what we're doing. And so my, my rationalization, my justification behind having a caffeinated beverage is that, you know, it's a healthier for you option. Not everybody in, in the U S is uh, someone in recovery. And, um, mm-hmm. the last time I checked myself, I didn't mm-hmm. end up, uh, naked in Belize doing cocaine in the little shack after drinking too right. much caffeine. Okay. Right. So <laughs> asterisk for everybody out there. Yes, there might be a little bit of rationalization, but honestly, my heart of hearts, I was able to yeah. reconcile really early on that, you know what? I'm not playing games. I'm already telling people I'm smoking crack. We want to create a company that creates hundreds of millions of dollars in profits to go and kick the shit out of addiction every year. And a big problem requires big money. And where yeah. big money is, where the monster and Red Bull play, we're sick of them having the run of the mill and building castles on islands. Let's help our people, our culture, and let's energize recovery in America. And that's kind of, that's, that's my resolve. So, um, yeah. to speak more specifically about the product, because I just went off and I started feeling it, um, was, uh, <laughs> it is that, you know, I call it the Hercules of teas. Yerba Mate is from South America. It's been drank there for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Um, it's drank five to one over coffee. So it definitely oh. does the job. Um, but it has, it's, yeah. it's, I'm not some scientist or going to try to sell you snake oil, but it is chock full of like minerals and vitamins and polyphenols and theobromine that's in chocolate. I mean, this thing, mm-hmm. they call it the elixir of gods down there. And you know what? I don't want to be sacrilegious, but it kind of is. It's real, dude. So, yeah. Um, you okay. know, so when, when I knew it could, when I knew that it was the cleanest source of caffeine that I can identify, so that would roll with the name Clean Cause, it had yeah. um, the function that could compete with the big boys, which meant there was the big money there. Um, yeah. It, we, you know, we had it was scalable and the economics were great. And so, um, you know, candidly, that's Perfect. how Yerba Mate came about for us. Okay. And then tell me about the, the 50% give back. What does that look like? Sure. How does it work? Um, yeah. So 50% of our profits um, go to support people in recovery from alcohol and drug okay. addiction. Um, the specific give back initiative, um, mm-hmm. we, we chose one because what we didn't want to do, I mean, people are already skeptical in society if you say you're giving anything back, you know, it, right. it, and, and, and for good reason. The only reason they are is because everyone, you know, not everyone, lots of people have manipulated that. And so there's a, um, you know, we we wanted to make the give back um, initiative very um, digestible and easy to understand and very practical. Um, okay. I'm not exactly sure how that related to the comment I said right before, but so it was so, am I killing you right now? I'm just all over the place. No. Okay. No, no, you're okay. good. So, so there's sober living scholarships um, and okay. they're intended to provide folks coming fresh out of rehab, jail or off the streets, you know, an opportunity okay. A, to have safe shelter um, in, yeah. in a safe environment uh, with, in, in, uh, enable them to find a job and okay. uh, establish a recovery um, routine, honestly. And, and okay. it's not a long period of time, but we the, the scholarships are intended for 30 days. And, okay. Um, That's we, a good chunk should, of time. Well, 
we're trying, you know, you know, rehabs cost $40,000. And so yeah. we knew that we couldn't do much in the, in the sense of that, but we knew a very practical need that was underserved had to do with like one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, shelter, when you get out of yeah. jail or rehab or whatever, and you, even if you're feeling, you know, uh, jailhouse Jesus, or you're ready to rock and roll in life and recovery. And then you go right back to that same environment and you get, you get hit one time with something that just didn't go your way or that job or someone hurt you or whatever. I mean, you can get picked off yeah. pretty easily. So we think it's a critical, critical need that's underserved in the continuum of care uh, in regards to recovery. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, we, you know, we're not claiming to save lives. We're not claiming to be a movement. We will never claim any of that stuff. We want to be a, a part of a solution. We're not the solution. And, and yeah. I think it's important to mention that because it's just, you know, it, it, it does take a village to recover. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. I, mean, I always hated that tagline, but now I'm on board. I'm like, yep, takes a village, you know? Um, Maybe so, even a couple. <laughs> yes. A couple. Yes. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, and to date, you know, but what's so cool is that, you know, we've been able to em employ a lot of folks. Um, as yeah. well, they, you know, we can, they do demos for our product and then they speak authentically because it affects them and it's their life and the impact it has to the consumer that then spreads more awareness has this just synergistic and exponential impact and it's authentic. It's not fake. Yeah. We're not trying to sell you something. We're just telling you what's happening or what we are and uh, right. it's starting to spread. Um, you know, I just found out that I think next week we'll break a thousand sober living scholarships. Um, wow. and about a half a million dollars and, and, um, and, and I reached out to a guy, uh, who was our first scholarship recipient a few years ago and the guy is still sober. Now I'm not attributing so his sobriety to our sober living scholarship. Again, we're just a piece, mm -hmm. but to know that he was still sober and he was the very first life that we were able to invest in and, and to yeah. try to support that just, it just pumped me up. It pumped me freaking up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, really in our, part of the clean dream is that what's crazy is we started receiving checks from across the country. Um, mm. and, and they were just sending us money basically. And they were like, you know, I lost my brother. I want to honor him. I want to contribute to your company. And like, we're, well, we're not a nonprofit. So we were like, right. we, we don't take money like that. We don't accept donations. And so, you know, we didn't and we set up a nonprofit and, um, it's, I can't elaborate too much, but it's in the works and it's going to be yeah. really, it's the, the orientation behind just our philosophy is action over advocacy. Um, for us, we just, okay. we want to fuel, um, with funds and so forth, the hearts out there that do that so well, but they're not, they shouldn't be fundraising. You know, it's a, we yeah. just want to fuel you guys in doing what you're already doing well and help you scale. But we want to take that fundraising off the plate for you. So right. um, I, I think there's a place for advocacy. Absolutely. We've just chosen yeah. to drive as hard as we can for action and help folks in the most practical way possible. And, and we found that to be um, the Sober Living Scholarships. Great. Oh, my God. I love that. That's incredible. You know, I can't believe so it. It's cool. weird. I'm like, really? Yeah. A thousand? Ooh, like, is this I'm like, is that real? Okay, cool, man. Like, <laughs> like this is awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's surreal. 
but but it's weird. It was it was one person at a time. I mean, yeah. I remember posting like, "Hey, we're up to five sober living scholarships," and be like, "Woohoo! You're not doing shit." <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, I know. We're just gonna keep going. <laughs> just keep going. And yeah, um, but if you don't have five, then you won't have fifty. And if you don't have fifty, you won't make a hundred. If you don't have a hundred, you're not gonna get to a, a thousand. You, I think it all matters. You're dang right. And, and what's interesting is that speaks to the significance of every day, of every soul, yeah. of every, of every action we take. This is not unique to recovery. This is not unique to the scholarships. This is, right. we all start. We all start something yeah. somewhere, somehow. And so, you know, I think it's important to earlier on in recovery that, you know, when folks hear people with 35 years or whatever, I mean, there's a reason why they say a day at a time. And so right. forth. I hate so many of those adages, cliches, expressions. Like they drive me crazy. But then you're like, "Oh crap, it's true." Oh, you yeah. just do the next right thing. My mom used to say that, and I was like, "Oh, if you do the next right thing, you're not doing the next wrong thing." Oh, okay. It's like you know, Duh. I don't know all that crazy wisdom, you know, from people who already lived lives and figured it out and want to hide it, save us misery. I'm like, no thanks. I got this. Um, yeah, I'd rather suffer. It's like a DIY project. Like I could buy it for twenty dollars, or I could spend a hundred dollars and try and figure this shit out myself. Yeah, what are you gonna do, please? A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would I want to decrease the pain and, and expedite yeah. the path to joy? Like that's that's yeah. not reasonable. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I, like I call it tre- I call it treasonable. No, okay, I don't know. Mm. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> So Wes, mm. where can we find you? Where can we find Clean? You can find us on uh, the World Wide Web. If anyone says mm-hmm. that anymore, um, yes. on Amazon, you can find us at cleancause.com. dot um, okay. When is this airing? By the way, tomorrow. We will. We are available in the Southwest and the Northeast at Whole Foods, but. Okay. We have multiple uh, retailers that will be rolling out nationally. Um, but the uh, way that you can do it too is, is if, if you need somewhere or want to know somewhere to, um, to find the product, please, yeah. please, please come to uh, our website. There's a locator there, a product locator where we can get you a retail store or email us and we're happy to point you in the right direction and get you a coupon even or whatever. I mean, we, we'll get you right. where you need to go. Amazing. Amazing. Wes, thank you so, so much for sharing your story and your experience. It was an absolute joy talking to you. Well, I appreciate the patience and tolerance and grace. Wow, what a great story. And I told you Wes was hilarious. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. We love reading your feedback and comments. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide. And the blog. Don't forget about the blog. We keep it fully stocked with how-tos, tips, tricks, and how to get through your holiday season and beyond. Also, check out our 30-day challenge because dry January is coming up fast. If you want a little extra motivation, inspiration, and education to get through 30 days of dry January, head to a sobergirlsguide.com and sign up today. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day.